the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Joe Biden gave a speech today. This isn't my monologue. I'll do my monologue in the third hour. Just some quick, rough thoughts after watching it and uh, reading it to the AFL-CIO. He said, here's the deal. America still has a choice to make, a choice between a government by the few for the few, or a government for all of us, democracy for all of us. Now, as he's doing that, one might assume he's trying to reach across party lines, he's trying to reach across divisions, he's trying to sound like a statesman who is trying to bridge the gaps and divides in America. But then a few paragraphs down, He says, I believe in bipartisanship, but I have no illusions about this Republican Party, the MAGA Party. The fact is Republicans in Congress are still in the grip of the ultra MAGA agenda. So he believes in bipartisanship, just not with the current Republican Party, just not with the Republican Party that is here to work with or against the Republican Party that is extant for his presidency, for his tenure. It's kind of like saying, I don't know what the analog is here, Bill. Help me out. It's kind of like saying I believe in commercial air flight, just not using anything by Boeing or Airbus. Or I believe in cellular phone communication, just not AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, or T-Mobile. Or something, uh, it's it's to eliminate the entire category called the Republican Party, as you are saying, you want to work with the Republican Party. The Republican Party, I guess, of yesteryear, because he keeps talking about this isn't your father's Republican Party. When it was our father's Republican Party, I suppose he means Goldwater and Reagan and Bush, he was doing everything he could to thwart them. Look. He did another thing, interestingly enough, in this speech, talking about the economy. He called it the Putin gas hike, the Putin gas hike. It's not a Putin gas hike. It's not even close to a Putin gas hike. The American Energy Alliance has 100 ways in which Biden and the Democrats have made it harder and more expensive to produce Oil and gas has nothing to do with Vladimir Putin. On January 20th, 2021, when he was in a just taking office, besides canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, President Biden restrict, restricted domestic production by issuing a moratorium on all oil and natural gas leasing activities in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. He restored and expanded the use of government-created social cost of carbon metrics to artificially increase 
the regulatory costs of energy production of fossil fuels, and he revoked the Trump administration executive orders, including those related to the Waters of the United States rule and the Antiquities Act, so that there could be no exploration on federal lands as he expanded the ability uh, – no natural explanation on federal lands or the ability to produce energy domestically. A week later, he issued a whole new slew of executive orders announcing moratoriums on oil and gas leases or and offshore waters and the reconsideration of federal oil and gas permitting and leasing practices. I don't want to get overly specific in all these things. You can go to AmericanEnergyAlliance.org and see the hundred plus things the Biden administration has done. But the one thing it hasn't done, it hasn't changed course one iota. And the other thing it hasn't done is it will not take any responsibility whatsoever. I don't mean necessarily simply verbally and saying we accept responsibility for this. I get why that would be a bad idea politically if you're, you know, giving political advice to the Democrats or to Joe Biden. I get that. But it hasn't taken any accountability by even reversing some of this stuff. So to voce. Byron York writes that if you look at every poll right now on what is leading Americans as their top concern, it's inflation. All the data shows it. President Joe Biden will not admit that his policies and his policy and his party's policies have made it worse and that if Biden and congressional Democrats had their way, they would actually make it worse Still, he can't say that, though. Instead, the president's reaction has been a mixture of denial, finger pointing, ineffective gestures, and perhaps most of all, the argument that he as president is powerless to address the nation's most pressing concern. When he was on Jimmy Kimmel's show last week, he said, look, inflation is the bane of our existence. Now, Kimmel wasn't, you know, bright enough or smart enough or interested enough to follow up and ask Biden about that. Biden brought it up himself, but then had little else to say, just as when he published his plan to fight inflation in the Wall Street Journal on on May 30th, the week before that. Do you remember the Wall Street Journal op-ed? It was the day before his New York Times op-ed on a totally different matter. He said his role as president was not to say anything to influence the Federal Reserve. As for all the other stuff, it's little stuff. Biden is doing what Biden is doing in the name of fighting inflation won't do any good. And he knows it. On April 12th, earlier this year, for example, he went to an ethanol plant in Iowa to claim that alternative fuels lower energy costs. Ethanol is great, Biden said. It supports agriculture, creates good paying jobs, reduces U.S. reliance on foreign oil and reduces the price of gasoline. But just recently, it was published in the Washington Post, that Biden knew everything he was saying was bunk. Quote, privately, Biden dismissed the ethanol policy as ineffective and questioned the the value of the entire trip. After returning to the White House, he hauled in his senior staff, including Chief of Staff Ron Klain, and badgered them with questions about the purpose of the event, close quote, after the fact. After the fact. Now, the persistence of inflation has become even more serious in the last few days with the growing realization that the Fed might have to intentionally drive the nation into recession 
in order to bring inflation down. A little bit reminiscent of the inflation-fighting strategy of Paul Volcker in the early 1980s. Bloomberg is reporting, quote, an increasing number of economists say it may take an economic contraction and higher unemployment to bring inflation down to more tolerable levels, much less back to the Fed's 2% price target. So if you thought things were about to get better, they're not. The Fed does meet this week. Amid expectations, it will raise interest rates by perhaps another half point, perhaps a little more. It comes just after the government reported inflation rose to 8.6%, highest in 40 years, beating the record from two months ago, which at that time was the highest in 40 years. You might have seen reports that characterized the increase as unexpected, but the fact is there has never been any consensus that inflation has even come to a peak yet. It's entirely reasonable to expect more. Increases were particularly dramatic in the people things in the things people need and use most food, meat, poultry, eggs, dairy, cereals. Today we're learning that there's not just a baby formula shortage, there's now a tampon shortage. Boy. Party and president of women is really doing a bang up job for women and families, isn't it? The price of used cars and trucks, up. Energy, up. What did Biden say when the news broke that inflation hit 8.6 last month? He said, quote, today's inflation report confirmed what Americans already knew. Putin's price hike is hitting America hard. But remember this. Biden's policies, it is generally acknowledged, such as the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan stimulus bill, have all made inflation so much the worse. And specifically on the question of energy, clear-eyed critics knew at the beginning of Biden's time in office that his actions, you heard me read the first five or six items of 100, that his actions would lead to higher energy prices. When the question is naturally arising as to if this is deliberate or not, you have no other Conclusion to draw that when they keep talking about their powerlessness on this issue as we transition to new energy sources that, yeah, it's deliberate, causing you pain. But don't listen to the Republican Party. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. They have intel that you will want. They have in their crosshairs a concern about economic flattening of historic proportions that will commence this year, a little bit along the lines of some of the stuff I was talking about in the last segment. Time is of the essence to protect your investments. Call the Midas Gold Group to find out what their talking about and what they want to warn you about to see if owning precious metals is something that will help protect you. Visit them at MidasGoldGroup.com. It's the only precious metals dealer Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you already use. MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Tom is in Dallas. Hello, Tom. Hi, Seth. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. How are you? 
I'm well. I have two issues that I'd like to raise with you, and sure. I'm hoping you can set uh, uh, set me straight on them. The first is the red flag laws, and the second is that um, temper tantrum by uh, Chuck Schumer where he threatened uh, Gorsuch and, and Kavanaugh. Um, the, the first issue on the, the red flag laws, as I'm sure your listeners are aware, the Supreme Court's already dealt with that, in that um, I think it's Coniglia versus Stroms, or uh, I think that that's what it's called, and they voted 9-0 to uh, strike down uh, the uh, red flag law. Does, does the Senate and the does the Senate think that a filibuster-proof majority somehow trumps a change in the constitutional laws? That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, I, I Look, first of all, um, I don't mean to be curt about this, Tom, but I, I don't think uh, the Democratic Party cares about anything that the Constitution militates against or supports at this I, point. I agree. I, I don't think they care at all. They're trying to set a precedent. Yeah, that, I, uh, that somehow their filibuster-proof majority of all these retiring rhinos somehow uh, uh, allows them to ignore the Second and Fourth Amendment. Yeah, I, I look. I I don't think when it comes to the red flag laws that there has been one that has been constructed. And, yes, I know the Supreme Court case you're talking about, and I think it applies to just that one case. So I, I do think yeah, I'm that, afraid you're right. I yeah, I, it, 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 because they can the, be tailored around that. But I have not yeah, seen I, I have not seen the red flag law that has been enacted that sufficiently tells me that we are going to be able to make these very serious discernments about mental health without violating people's due process and constitutional rights. Now, one of the things I have kind of crashed into is that I think that we are way too lax and way too liberal, for lack of a better word, on the whole issue of civil commitment with people who have shown themselves to be mentally ill and violent. I believe that that is a real problem in this country and that we have well, we got away from that uh, when uh, during the Reagan administration. Well, it actually and, uh, predated they, the Reagan administration. Predated, yeah, okay. it predated the Reagan administration Correct. by a lot, got it. by a lot. Oh, did it? Okay. But yeah. Right. But but the case is now so burnt in amber that to 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 find anyone who's willing to say, yeah, that person's a threat to himself and others so much so that I'm going to you know, involuntarily commit him, I, I believe that you would have prevented a ton of youth violence and other adult violence, frankly, if if we could have found something less than the interpretation of the standard that exists now. There are too many parents and too many families and too many community members that have told us they have tried to do something. I've seen it in my own life when I have tried to do right. things with people. I have seen it. Here's the problem. The problem is the entire mental health industry has gone haywire. That's the problem. The people right. who want to make these judgments are the people that think are the same people that think what you're seeing at these drag queen story hours is perfectly fine. Yeah. That it's good mental health for kids to be involved in that stuff. That's who we're asking to make these judgments. Right. That's, that's who right. that's who we would be putting this expertise in the hands of. 
So I don't know where we turn to for help, except maybe a better trained judiciary. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, but the, the problem with the better trained judiciary is if you have a situation like in the city that I'm from, um, the the judiciary is is um, is all Democrat. Yeah, no, I listen, and, listen, I absolutely. So leave the red flag thing alone for a moment, and just go to the bigger and larger issue of someone who's a threat to themselves or others. That right. that I would like to see, you know, a different standard on. And, you know, I think you, you could get certain Democratic Party buy-in on that, I- ignoring the red flag law part of it for a moment, just as a general matter. A higher, I apologize, but no, you it's want right. a higher or lower standard because it's just going to end up being a bunch of ex-husbands and wives ratting each other out. Well, and, um, it, and that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. So uh, here's what wor- worries me. Stalemate worries me. Stalemate worries me. For example, uh, uh you can have any number of scenarios where, yes, one would say husband, wife, domestic dispute, something like that. But you also have very clear cut scenarios where an 18 year old hopped up on drugs, has taken a knife to his mother in the middle of the night that she or her husband or boyfriend or someone else, perhaps a sibling, had to ward off. And that ain't a close call. That is not just an easy domestic policy dispute. And yet, time and again, the professionals and the legal system will say we can't do anything about that until they actually commit the crime. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, we do ask juries to make judgments all the time about things we call reasonable standards. I don't think that's a hard one. And by the way, the Uvalde thing had sirens all over the place before it took place. That would not have been a hard one. Correct. I think you're right. Can I ask you one other You question? sure bet. You bet. Uh, you sure bet. Bill if I Maher can talk, you can become, ask. <laughs> Bill Maher has become a, 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 a closet uh, conservative in certain ways, and he said something that I, I uh, asked a, a friend of mine, and uh, she was confused also. Maher said that uh, Senator Schumer had apologized for his threats to Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. And I thought that was very interesting because they're still playing it. And I don't think I've ever heard an apology by uh, Schumer. And why isn't the press screaming that Schumer basically invited that nutcase to stalk uh, uh, Kavanaugh? And, and, uh, it re- it, it, uh, it required John Roberts to issue a once-in-a-lifetime very unique public rebuke of Chuck Schumer, something you've never seen a chief justice do to another sitting senator, much less a leader of the Senate, in which all Chuck Schumer said was, I shouldn't have used those words, shouldn't have used those words. That was the extent of the grand apology. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you are looking for a remarkably unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at YREFI. That's Y-R-E-F-Y. Their website, investyrefi.com, investyrefy.com. 
Com. What they're offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. They are in the business of helping people dig out of debt by doing it the right way, by actually paying off their debts and getting all kinds of benefits along the way, including FICO score recovery. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. They are really good people over there. I know them well. They are local, and you can go and visit with them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you about what they're doing and let it speak for itself. Again, check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855-316-3087. We're going to hit some culture war issues uh, pretty heavily in the next hour with uh, a series of uh, guests uh, you're not going to want to miss. And uh, we'll get to that in just a few moments. But let me build off and transition into that from Tom in Dallas's call a little bit earlier with a piece that several people have forwarded to me and I had a chance to finally read. It's not very long. I think it is important. I think it is well done written by Nina Power at Compact. What is a woman? The simple question to which the dictionary definition still clinging on for dear life is adult female human. That's that's the definition of a woman, an adult female human. And it seems to be stumping Western politicians during her recent confirmation hearings for the U.S. Supreme Court. As you know, Ketanji Brown-Jackson struggled to give a definition, demurring that she isn't, in fact, a biologist. Britain's conservative chancellor, Rishi Sunak, likewise struggled painfully to answer it in a recent interview. Everybody in the world knows, however, that you don't need to be a biologist to define what a woman or indeed a man is any more than you need to be an artist to know what the color green is. Everybody knows this. That is, apart from the gender ideologues who today occupy the commanding heights of media, business, the academy and philanthropy. Many of them are interviewed this great documentary you've heard me talk about. Some of you have seen Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? I'll have Matt Walsh on the show later this week, by the way. The documentary presents a searing and unforgettable indictment of today's gender ideology that should rouse action across the political spectrum. Yet Walsh's framing doesn't always do justice to the possibilities of such a cross-partisan alliance in defense of women men, and reality. Walsh uses an interview style often employed by a British filmmaker named Louis Thoreau, a kind of faux naivete where Thoreau is soft, however, (laughs) the Daily Wire Matt Walsh is a little more blunt. He leads various gender-affirming therapists, scholars, and activists into apoplexy by pushing them to answer the simple question. They can't do so other than by offering a circular Reasoning of sorts. A woman is anyone who says they are a woman or vague non-answers. A woman is a constellation of things or aggressive deflections such as, why are you asking? Many of the interviews, we've played some of the audio of them last week. Many of the audio of in the interviews are cut off by the interviewees desperate to get away from Walsh. They just get up and walk away. This is perhaps understandable. In 2022, you cannot give a clear answer to this question without running the risk of losing the job or losing your job, or in the heartbreaking case of one Canadian father interviewed by Walsh, being imprisoned and fined $30,000 for misgendering your own child. Yep, be prepared for that too. Walsh goes further than most 
pinning various medical and psychological practitioners on pinning them down on why they think it's a good idea to have children on osteoporosis-causing drugs also used in chemical castrations. Their answers are terrifying. They run the gamut of children will know when they're ready, children know best, the drugs are reversible, not, they are not. Nobody, in fact, knows the long-term effect of giving young people or adults cross-sex hormones. What we do know isn't good. They don't reduce negative thoughts in the gender dysphoric children who take them, for example. See my interview yesterday with Jay Green, who did the best research on that to date. Children are without a shadow of a doubt being experimented on, and their parents are being emotionally manipulated into transing their kids. Otherwise, they are told their children will Though children will harm themselves, even commit suicide. The fallout from transgenderism is already brutal for those physically and psychologically harmed and for parents who have lost their children to an Internet-fueled cult. There is absolutely no way we won't look back on this period with the same horror as we do witch-burning lobotomies and state-enforced sterilization. Let me repeat that. I think that's exactly right. There is absolutely no way we won't look back on this period with the same horror as we do witch-burning lobotomies and state-enforced sterilizations. Check out Walsh's film. Apart from a sobering depiction of stupidity, it's a document about barbarism. Scott Nugent, a trans man who now speaks out against medical transition, is blistering, railing against the extremely high infection rate of surgical operations. Nugent also details how much money the medical-industrial complex receives for treating trans patients. Quote, we're butchering a generation of children, he says, because nobody is willing to talk about the truth. Some of the most moving and enraging interviews are with female athletes who have lost out after being forced to compete against mediocre men. One recounts how a psychologist was sent to talk to a woman's team that found itself competing against University of Pennsylvania's Leah Thomas, but only to tell the women they weren't allowed to have a problem with it. It's increasingly interesting how much you are not allowed to say anymore. Heck, you can be a coach for a sports team and wondering openly and out loud why the focus on January 6th is so much more serious than the focus of the entire summer of 2020, and he can be fined $100,000 for just opening up that question, for just uttering that question. Think about that. Think about that. Now, think about that in the context of how we're supposed to reach governmental solutions through election in this country. Think about how you do it when you have entire categories of debate punishable by fine or loss of job. How in the world do you ever reach consent? How do you have equality? How do you have politics? How do you have democracy? You can't. I'll say something about that more in just a moment when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. Good people because they make a great product, but also because they are engaged in an effort to help teach American history uh, and help parents teach American history to their children. Uh, Tom Jones, who is uh, working with Balance of Nature as an ultramarathoner, doing 76 marathons in 76 days to garner attention for this project and to help open American History Theme Park. We'll talk to him more about it tomorrow, but let me uh, just put in the word for this fantastic product. Best product I've ever taken. Uh, All natural, 100%, not 99 
something percent, 100 percent fruits and veggies, even the capsules, which if you don't like swallowing, they're normal size. But if you don't like swallowing, they're designed to be easily opened up and sprinkled into food or drink. Balanceofnature.com, pure, potent plant power to build your immunity, your health and your strength. It's a fantastic thing. If you go to balanceofnature.com and order it, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Okay. In thinking about the fines people are receiving for saying things if they are part of a franchise and this coach who questions January 6th in the context of the 2020 election, uh, 2020 uprisings, uh, the 2020 riots, the kinds of things we talk about here every day, got fined $100,000. You have another parent being fined for mistransgendering their child because they disagree with the medical authorities and uh, the child on the desire to transition. We are increasingly fining people for not only engaging in their fundamental right to be a parent, but their fundamental right to be a citizen, have an opinion on public issues. We need to remember what Robert Jackson said here. We set up government by consent of the governed, and the Bill of Rights denies those in power any legal opportunity to coerce consent, to coerce consent. Authority here is to be controlled by public opinion, not public opinion by authority. The Biden administration gets this exactly backwards, exactly upside down. When they are engaged in the attempt to use a disinformation board, when they are pressuring social media companies to work with them on censoring what they call and what they determine to be misinformation or disinformation, when they are using their Surgeon General to ferret out and find out misinformation when it comes to issues having to do with, med- uh, with, medical, uh, with medical advice and viruses, when they are encouraging people to report on other people for violating mediation orders, please understand what they are doing. When they are libeling an entire political party as outside of the mainstream and a criminal enterprise, as Nancy Pelosi did in her fundraising letter this morning, and as Joe Biden intoned to the AFL-CIO today, understand that this is 180 degrees opposite of the notion that authority here is to be controlled by public opinion and not public opinion by authority. This may be the most authoritarian administration in my lifetime. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.